Hey, what's up? This is Christina of Lacuna Coil, and you're listening to Focus on Metal. Enjoy, and horns up! Hey Metalheads, Scott Thompson here, welcoming you to another episode of Focus on Metal. We have a pretty cool show for you this week. Uh, two guests on the show. First up is Christina Scabia from Lacuna Coil. Christina's coming on talking about their brand new album, Delirium, as well as a little bit of talk about touring and just other good stuff in general. Also on the show this week, we have uh, Andrew from up-and-coming band Red Tide Rising. So there you go. Two great guests this week bringing us plenty of metal. But before we dive into all that, just uh, want to throw out an apology that uh, last week, just, uh, I think Tuesday, Wednesday, suddenly we uh, no longer had hosting. I don't know what was up with our hosting company, but uh, for some reason, I got on to put the show up and nothing. Couldn't get on FTP, couldn't get on anything, although they were telling me, oh no, everything's up, everything's fine, but I couldn't get on the site on any device, and apparently either could anyone else, and of course that blew out the RSS feed to iTunes and all that good stuff. They, of course, were telling me that it must be something I had done, but I had done nothing since the prior week, so uh, I really couldn't have been me unless I was doing crap in my sleep. But uh, miraculously, uh, after some complaints and some uh, posts on social media, it all of a sudden got fixed. So again, I apologize for our uh, 12 to 18 hour outage there, but uh, we are back in action again. And hopefully that shit will not reoccur. And also, before we really dive into things, I do want to throw out a good recommendation, and that is uh, Mick Wall's brand new book on Lemmy called simply Lemmy. I mean, what else do you need to call it, right? Awesome, awesome book. Richie let me borrow it about two weeks ago, and uh, just, like I said, really good deep dive into the man that was Lemmy. So if you dig Lemmy, dig Motorhead, I mean, who doesn't, right? And uh, you really want to go out and pick up Lemmy by Mick Wall. And with that, I think it's about time we do a track of the week. Track of the week this week comes courtesy of Australia's own Elm Street. These guys have been kicking around for a few years. They put the first one out in 2011. This is their second full-length one. It's entitled Knock Em Out With A Metal Fist. And somewhere between their debut and this one, they also put out an EP called Heart Racer. And in fact, uh, one of the tracks on this new one is also called Heart Racer. Hmm, kind of a coincidence? I don't think so. Anyways, these guys are definitely very thrashy. They remind me a hell of a lot of uh, of Death Angel. Probably why I like this album so much. It just it really has that whole Death Angel vibe. Very good stuff. And I should also mention this thing has an incredibly kick-ass cover as well. This thing definitely, definitely catches your eye. Giant metal fist just cranking out of what appears to be like a volcano. And there's like some Amazon blonde warrior. She's dragging some other uh, dude that looks like maybe a Man of War reject up a up the cliff. And there's a Grim Reaper and skulls and flames. And just like I said, way, way cool cover if uh, you... Could not miss this one in the record bin if we ever had record bins anymore. So again, track of the week this week comes off of Elm Street's brand new one called 
knock them out with a metal fist. And for track of the week, I'm going to spin you one called Next in Line. What do you think about Elm Street? Uh, I think they remind you of Death Angel as well. In my book, if uh, there are more bands around that sound like Death Angel, that's a pretty damn good thing. Just classic thrash coming to us from Australia. And I gotta say that once again, Massacre Records has uh, added another very, very cool band to their stable of artists. It's very nice to see that Massacre is just building up an incredibly huge roster of killer metal bands again. And of course, speaking of labels that have a roster of killer metal bands... There's uh, not many more up there that can claim something like that than Century Media. And our first guest uh, this week comes from what is perhaps Century Media's most successful band to date. I, of course, I'm talking about Christina Scabia from Lacuna Coil. And Lacuna Coil just released their eighth full-length record via Century Media. It is called Delirium. And, you know, a lot of times artists or bands, they talk about, oh, the next album is going to be so heavy. I mean, as metalheads, how many times we've heard those words or, you know, either that one or return to form. One of those two, only to, like, buy the album and be very disappointed that it just didn't deliver what people were saying. But uh, Lacuna Coil has been saying that the brand-new one, Delirium, was going to be just really heavy and maybe their most heavy ever. And in fact, they delivered on that promise. Album is definitely an extremely heavy album from that band. So I was very excited when uh, Richie said that, that we had been offered a chance to talk to somebody from Lacuna Coil about the new album. It's uh, been the last couple times, last two albums. 
It was, you know, possibly an opportunity. We just couldn't get the schedule to work out. But this time, everything aligned and we were able to make it happen. So a few Sundays ago, we got on the line with Christina. Of course, for a little while there, we were thinking that maybe we weren't going to be able to hook up. And uh, we had tried calling her a couple times and uh, didn't get any pickup. Got a message about being out of range or out of service or so uh, we were about to give up, and um, Richie just said, yeah, just try it one more time. We were already like essentially being 20 minutes late, although can we call it late because we were really trying to get a hold of her. But uh, about 20 minutes into the time slot, he just says, hey, I'm about giving it just one more shot. And uh, so I gave it a shot, and he just looked at me, and he goes, you know this isn't going to work. And boom, it worked. Uh, so we were able to get a hold of her, and I guess also fortunately – we were apparently the only people scheduled to talk to her that day. So we weren't invading anybody else's time slot. And we were able to have a nice chat with Christina all about, like I said, the brand new one, Delirium, as well as uh, touring plans and uh, just some other chit chat as well. So good interview. And again, thanks to Richie for getting that all set up for us with the folks over at Century Media. So with that, How about we play a little bit of something off of Delirium and then go right into our talk with Christina Scavia. Now suck in the horizon, we'll watch the hours go by, fall, and then arise again, I hear the darkness breathe, suck in the horizon, we'll watch the hours go by, fall, and then arise again. Christina. Yeah, hello. Hi. Hi. Hey, Christina. How are we doing? Hi. I'm doing fine. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for, for the problem. Hey, no problem. sorry. Not like we don't have technical issues all the time, too, and everyone's always gracious with us with uh, network dropouts and stuff like that, so not a big deal. At least we got a hold of you. Yeah, at least. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, glad about it. <laughs> so where are you? Are you back home in Milan? 
Yeah, I'm actually uh, yeah at home. Oh, at nice. home right now in between in between gigs. Yeah, because we're playing gigs uh, in the weekends, and during the week we stay home to do other stuff. Yeah, I, I, I want to ask you about. You, you seem to play a cool festival a few weeks ago in uh, in Poland. That was a free festival. Um, that, oh my god, it was amazing. Yeah, amazing. It's crazy because uh, it is basically uh, the biggest festival in Europe, and I've never ever heard about it before we actually got invited there. And I can't believe how big it was. I can't believe how many people was there and how well organized it was. And it was incredible. It was a great, great, great experience. I had a fantastic time. It was fully packed, and, and the show was awesome. Definitely one of the best we've ever done. Yeah, I believe they were, they were, they were thinking there was a couple of hundred thousand people were going to be at it. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, actually, I said, like, there is going to be a couple of people to joke about it's a festival that keeps for from um, like 800,000 to a million people in wow. the whole area. Wow. <laughs> and we, we actually we actually posted a picture and we rode to 500,000, but it was a lot more. It's just because the area where the people can actually watch the concert, uh, of course, can take as many as many souls uh, <laughs> as like 500,000, but it was a lot more than that. It was insane, really. Yeah. Do, do you have any reason, any, do you think of any reason why the, the festival scene in Europe still seems to be really, really popular? And over here in the US, it's not as big at all. Do you have a, can you put your finger on the pulse of why? I don't know. I really don't know because I actually like a lot the festivals in, in, in the States, but, uh, it seems that it's really hard to to make festivals that are lasting more than two, three days top. So I don't know if it's a question of uh, the areas or because uh, maybe the states are a bigger territory, so it's more difficult for, for the people to move from one place to another. I, I have no idea, but I'm actually really surprised because the American festivals are so well organized that there shouldn't be any difference at all. Yeah, were you someone when you were younger that actually went to the festivals at all? Mm, not really. I mean, I went to some of them, but only friends were playing. And and honestly, I I I started to be in a band when I was around twenty, and I'm so used to be in the backstage that now it feels kind of suffocating if I go out. And I mean, I don't want to sound like a spoiled brat. It's just that I'm a more reserved person. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I like festivals, but if I'm in a quieter spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, you know, one of the reasons we have you on is uh, the great new release, Delirium. And, you know, you always have when bands talk about, oh, the next one's going to be really heavy and all that. And you're like, yeah, all right, we'll see. But then you get this one and it's like, holy crap, they weren't kidding. Just, <laughs> it is heavier. <laughs> wow. I mean, just, I mean, for one thing, you know, the the, uh, the subject matter itself, the whole concept you guys put behind it is is pretty heavy as it is, but the music just it represents it so extremely well. Yeah, I think I think we we represented well the topic because it's something that we feel really close to. It was not an excuse to do something darker or or something something heavy. It's something that we know very well for multiple reasons and personal reasons. And we also did a big research behind it as well. We visited places that are uh, taking care of mental illnesses. We visited abandoned asylum, asylums, and um, we kind of put together everything uh, 
thinking about what we're going through, what we learn about it all, and also expanding the, let's see, a second meaning of a craziness and insanity to what's happening in the whole world. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, we're definitely living in a period where everything is is going nuts. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Just, just turning on TV, you're like, what the hell? <laughs> Yeah, you, you see, you've definitely put a lot of work into the packaging for this as well, because myself and Scott have the physical product. Absolutely. We took care of everything from, of course, music and lyrics, but also uh, the pictures, the pre-production, the, the ideas beside uh, the artwork, uh, the costumes. We did our own costumes as well. Uh, <clears throat> And it, 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 and we also produced the record because Mark, our bass player, was the producer of the record as well. So I think it's a, it's a complete package, and we got complete control from from the beginning to the end. Yeah, and, and I think um, you know it's also interesting of how this one sounds, considering the the member changes and stuff. You know, having having Marco do the produ- producing, and he's also doing a lot of the guitars and the keyboards on this as, as well. Correct? Uh, well, we he always did that. Mm-hmm. So um, it, I don't think that um, the lineup change uh, affected the the change at all actually because um the ex guitar player and the drummer left more than two years ago mm-hmm. and uh the 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 other guitar player left before the beginning of the recording but he didn't write any any part yeah. in the record so it was all marco writing and recording every guitar but the solos in right. the record Right. So the songwriters are still the same because basically the music and the lyrics was always written 90% from Marco Cotizzelati, the bass player, and, and Andrea and I. Right. So it's not a big, a big change. It's just, it, it was just that we wanted to do a record that, uh, that was supposed to be with no boundaries, doing something that we wanted to do in this moment without thinking about what people could expect from us mm-hmm. or what fans would want from us. We just wanted to to do something that was representing us nowadays. Sure. And that's what came out. I would imagine, though, that uh, this being Ryan's first album and, and his, his style probably lent a little bit of a different dynamic to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, as soon as uh, Marco writes the drumming parts as well, mm. uh, it was easier for him to to write some more complicated, some more rhythmical parts for a drummer yeah. so talented as, as Ryan. And then he came to Milano, so they worked together. They 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 added a lot of details and they personalized everything in, in Ryan's style. Mm. So it definitely made the difference. Yeah. And, and I like what you said a minute ago, too, about the fact that, that you, you, know, you do a lot of this stuff for yourselves first. And that's one thing I've really respected a lot about you guys throughout the years is that you've always done exactly what it is that you want to do. You don't take yourselves very seriously. And, and you put out the music that you want to. You don't go by trends. You don't go by what's expected. And the fact that all this time, you know, eight albums into it, you guys still, you know, follow your own muse, I think, is, is a real testament to what you guys can do. Yeah, because, I mean, after all, music is a representation of what we feel. Mm-hmm. So it would be very dishonest on, on us to do something that we don't like. Because whenever you write something that, you don't like you still have to carry your music around the world for like a couple of years because usually 
a music cycle lasts a couple of years. So it would be so boring and it would kill me to do something like that, yeah. you know, to go around and sing something that I don't like, that I don't feel. You would see it on stage because we're pretty, we're pretty, pretty open. We're open books. You yeah. know exactly when we're liking or disliking a situation. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and absolutely. The live show you guys bring is, uh, is pretty amazing. We've been able to see you live here, uh, last time, uh, what was that? Was that the Gigantor? Gigantor. Yeah, Megadeth. last time we got to see it was with that, and and uh, definitely it was great to uh, to see you guys live. Just and, you know, and like you said, it, you can really tell you guys are feeling the music that you're playing, and it, it really yes. shows. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We can't wait to be back. Now, we can't wait for you to be back. <laughs> it's about <either>. time. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking through, and I'm I'm looking at all the October dates, and I'm not like I'm not seeing U.S. here anywhere, but I'm seeing a lot of great European dates. So I'm looking forward to you guys coming back and uh, actually being able to you I know, can't hear this wait. I really, really can't wait. The only thing I'm not looking for is the flying every day. Oh, We're yeah. going to be pretty shattered because basically <laughs> it's going to be show, fly the morning after, show at night. Fly yeah. the morning after, show at night for like four or five days <laughs> oh. <laughs> together. So it's going to be like, ah. Oh. Yeah, so, Christina, has it gotten any easier over the years for you to do extensive touring in the U.S.? Mm, no, to be honest, I still enjoy it. I am not tired of them. It, it's, it, it, it is weird sometimes because I think that I know more places that maybe are in the middle of nowhere in the States. I know them more than my surrounding. So it's kind of it's kind of crazy because you go back to the, to the venues and it's like, oh, I know exactly where are we. Uh, I know exactly where we are. I know that I know that there is a bar. I know that there is a restaurant. I I know who's going to come to the shows because I know the fans in that area. And so it's kind of weird because it's like, of course, we're far. We have an ocean in between, and it's like we go to I don't know Poughkeepsie, and we know exactly where to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's I think that's almost something that you see with a lot of European bands that are over here too. I is it seems like you guys will hit a spot and and then go out and explore and and find that little spot that you're like oh I feel comfortable here and stuff and I don't think that American bands do that as much touring from city to city they tend to stay more like the venue the bus the hotel but but uh, never really you know experience the surroundings so I mean maybe that makes touring better for you here absolutely I mean I would go crazy I think that you know because touring is so weird because every day is pretty much the same you do oh you always do the same things. Hmm. Um, it might sound like so glamorous, but in the end, it's like waking up, checking the venue out, eat a little something, sound check, interviews, shows, and then you meet the fans and then you go to bed or party a little bit, whatever. But every day, it's pretty much the same. So you have to find something that kind of takes you away from all this. And to me, personally, the best way is to explore what's around the venue. Mm. Uh, I'm, I am a big fan of secondhand stores because I like the fact that they're, of course, completely different from each other. Because in the States, there are so many, so many stores that are always the same and that they have the same stuff mm-hmm. over and over, even in different states. Uh, so, you know, with secondhand stores, you just can go there, find uh, really weird items and thinking about the story behind or maybe find that super weird thing that you've been looking for all your life. So my plan every day is just like, okay, let's go check if there is a secondhand store or thrift store where, where they can do charity, you know, with the profits and all the sales of dresses, whatever. And 
and that's my thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the other guys are doing something else or they're walking other directions, but that's my that's my ritual pretty much yeah. every day. That's interesting, Christina, because we had, we've had we had guests on the show, and I, sometimes I'll ask him, like we had Mike Portnoy on recently, and I asked him, does he ever go out and see the sights and all that, and he just does none of that anymore, and you're obviously someone that just is the complete opposite to him. You just want to get off the bus and walk around and see where you're playing and stuff. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's fun to, to go around. after I, I Whenever, you know, we stop... At hotels, I go crazy because on a tour bus it's different because it, you know you're we are we're all there, so you can have a conversation, you can watch a movie together. I like this family vibe, but when we're stopping at hotel, I find it so damn boring because yeah. you just feel alone. You're like in this room that it's exactly the same as every other room, and it's like I want to go out, even if it's for a coffee or just I don't know yeah. to do something. I hate to not to do anything. <laughs> so, um, you know, touring live, how much of the new album are you actually playing live out right now? Uh, of the new one? Yeah. Uh, in the States, we played uh, three songs. Wow, yeah. Just... Three songs. We started with two, and then when the album came out, we, we played three. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to be playing three, three songs for the rest of the summer, and then we're going to add more songs for... Uh, the the rest of the year, including Australia, because it's going to be more of a delirium tour. Mm. Uh, for sure, in Europe, we're going to see in 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 Japan. We're going to be playing in Japan, and honestly, maybe in Australia as well, because we haven't been playing there in a while. So we have to be careful with the set list because we also want to play something from from the other records. Mm. So we have to. We still have to think about the set list. Yeah, because I would imagine, I mean, you know, with, with your fan base, I think you're one of those bands that has kind of a real special place where you tour, you know, fairly regularly. And I think a lot of people just want to hear, like, everything new from you guys. I, I don't think you're one of those bands that's stuck in that in that spot of, of having to play, like, just all the known stuff and then try to fit in a few of your new things. No, no, we have, we have the classics, yeah. we have the classics, but uh, we are lucky that our fans have been following us throughout the, the years, so they understood the new stuff as well. Yeah. Like, it's, it's incredible, for example, with Delirium, with the new songs, people, is going, people are going nuts, and I mean, I love the songs because, I mean, we wrote them and we like them, but usually when you play something new, something not very well known, Usually people look at you, the fans are looking at you like, yeah, I like that, but, you know, I still have to get familiar with this. Mm. But with the new songs, it's incredible, especially, you know, the House of Shame and and whenever we play Ghost in the Mist as well. I wasn't expecting this huge reaction. <laughs> so, it, so it's great. It's great that people understood, understood yeah. what we wanted to say. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's just none of your albums have hooked me as much as this one this like you said it's like instantly when i put this on it was like i just cranked it up and and it was and of course i'm playing it in the car which means i start driving fast but uh <laughs> which means it, it passed the test but it was like it was like song after song i was just i was like so amazed you know you know broken crown halo was you know obviously a great album but it was this this is almost like night and day from that as far as how everything just seeped right into my brain it was just instantly approachable just I don't know how you guys did it, but it's it's just just such an amazing album. It really is. 
We just we just went all the way. I mean, whenever we were fighting, we didn't think about oh, this is too heavy for mm. Lacuna Coil. It was just like let's let's do it. Nice. Yeah. Let's do it. And we met every day, and we just like thought about it, thought about every song, and we wrote musical parts, we wrote you know, vocal parts until we were completely satisfied. And honestly, even having different guests that brought their creativity in the, in the record made a difference as well because it was just great to see them creating something over our music mm. and bringing something special to, to each song. Yeah. Yeah. Christina, whose idea was it to get Miles Kennedy to play guitar on downfall? Uh, well, I sent him a message on Christmas because we know each other after, after I collaborated with Alter Bridge for the song watch over you. Mm -hmm. So we've always been in touch. And as soon as we thought about the guest, we say, "What? Well, why don't we? Why don't we ask Miles?" And honestly, I was, I was almost surprised that he said yes because I mean he's super busy. He was writing the new Alter Bridge. It was Christmas time. I didn't really want wanted to bother him because it's very typical for musicians uh, to ask other musicians to participate to records and and stuff. But I can understand that it might be it might be bothering somebody because we're all so busy that sometimes I, I, I get it. It could be like, Oh no, he's asking me again. You know, I have no time. I have my stuff going on. I, I can't do it. So I didn't want to come out this way. So I simply asked him, I was like, Hey, hope you're you know, doing good. Merry Christmas every is every year. And I was like, what do you think about putting something on our record? And right away he answered like, Hell yeah, just like send me some of the MP3s. Let me listen to some stuff. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but I was very, very happy because I, I so love that guy. And, you know, it's, he's, he's amazing. He's a great singer. He's a great guitar player, and not a lot of people know that. Mm. So I also wanted to remind everyone how such an incredible guitar player he is. And I admire him so much. I mean, he's one of my idols. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's when I when I looked at the uh, and I said, "Oh, Miles Kennedy guitar solo." I was like, "Whoa!" Now I've seen him live, and we've had Mark Tremonti on the show, and he's said how good a player he is. But I'd say you, you probably caught him aback by asking, "Would he actually play a guitar solo on it?" I'm sure people are probably asking him all the time, "Would they sing on 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 records?" He's crazy. As, as far as I know, he he was born as a guitar player and as a guitar teacher as well. Mm. And then he didn't even think that he could sing. I mean, I, I never asked I never asked him that, but that's what I've heard. And I was like, wow, is this is an improvised singer? <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. I, I'm going to quit tomorrow. I'm going to quit tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's an amazing singer. I hope it's not true because that would make me feel like, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, you can. You know, you get asked to do collaborations all the time, and one of the ones we really liked was uh, the work you, that you did on the Metal Allegiance album. That was just a great track. Oh, that was fun too. That was fun too. Yeah, yeah, I had a great time too. I recorded it in Milano, and I, I knew the guys. I mean, at least some of them. Yeah. And we also got the chance to play together on the. Um, 70,000 tons of metal cruise mm. or it was either 70,000 or the ship rock. I don't remember anymore. Cause we played some, some cruises before. Yeah. So we, we did something together there, some covers. And then they were like, Hey, we'd like this thing on the, on the record. I was like, all right, let's do it. 
Yeah, it was it was really cool. I mean, you, you hear the track and 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 it just it sounded like with you know just the way that the, the vocal impression was and stuff. It just sounded like you were right there with them. And then when I saw the the video that was included, I was like, oh, all right, she she did it separately. But I mean, the way you did it, it 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 just sounded like it was it was blending right in with everything. So uh, it just all the emotion, yeah. and the intensity was there. So it's just pretty awesome track. Yeah, even if I, I recorded it in Milan, though, and and for the video of of the other song, it was kind of funny because. Because uh, basically, Mike sent me a message, Portnoy, and was like, "Hey, can you please send us a video of you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna collect all the people that have worked on this song and 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 the record, and please send me something." And I was like, "Away! I didn't have any GoPro or professional camera, or whatever. I only had my iPhone." And and I was like, "How could I do it? Because I mean, I'm not home." So I was sitting in my car, which is a tiny, shitty car that I love so much. <laughs> And I just took my phone and I started to say, like, we rock, we rock, without even timing or the song <laughs> at all. <laughs> so it's funny, you know, if I see it, because I think about the moment when I did it, and probably whoever was around the car was like, what the fuck is she doing? <laughs> why, is she, why is she screaming in the car by herself? Oh, man. Anyway. Yeah, I whatever that's, that's reputation gone yeah <laughs> that's one thing i think i really like about you guys is is the fact that that um you know even with with the heavy stuff you make and all that 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 you you always have that sense of humor too i mean like i just think that, like the album the album always, art, the shallow always, life, always, always. i mean those pictures were so i mean it, it, it I can't believe that people like mistook those pictures for anything more than what you intended to. But I just love that completely. Yeah, that, that's band. that's our that's our bad because I mean I, we should know better that <laughs> of course you know when you put something out like a picture or a message, yeah. you should always keep in mind that people will get whatever you put out there. Yeah, uh, yeah. they will not get like a double meaning. They might not know you. Uh, and and your and your story. So of course, if they see a picture like that, it's like, oh, okay, that's a pop princess and a rapper. <laughs> so it was probably our bad to try to overly thinking and try to put out the concept of the record with pictures that didn't really work. Yeah. But they know everything you do makes you learn something. So now we know that we're never going to do that mistake again, <laughs> even though we had a a great time, you know, playing. Yeah. with his costumes that of course were in ours but it was fun i thought no we're absolutely ironic and we have a, a huge sense of humor even during the shows there was always something stupid going on because we like this idea i mean rock and roll and metal it's it's a lifestyle but i really i really hate when people have to put the stereotype of like, oh, you're metal, so you have to be cool. You don't have to talk to people. You have to look <laughs> tough. And and it's like, you know, fuck you. I'll listen to metal and I'm a happy person. What about that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, Christina. Nice. Yeah, you're welcome, guys. Thank you so much. All right. And uh, I apologize again for the phone problem. Ah, no, no, no that's problem. no problem at all. <laughs> no problem. We don't take ourselves seriously either. Yeah, so I, I just have one final question for you, Christina, before yes. we let you go. Um, has yes. anyone ever approached you to do any solo albums? Uh, a lot of people ask about it. And, you know, it's something that I think about just because it could be fun to do. Uh, but it's not something that I think about because I cannot express myself in Lacuna Coil as much as I want. Uh, sometimes when you when you do a, a solo record, it's because you can't put whatever you like in in the music of your band. And so far, it didn't happen because I'm 
I'm basically free, free to do whatever I want, to be more melodic, to be more aggressive, uh, to make weird sounds in, in Lacuna Coil. Uh, but I will definitely do it in the future, maybe do something completely completely different, just to play with my voice and, and see what comes out, just for fun. Nice. But yeah, a lot, a lot of people asked about it. Mm. I, yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. So uh, again, you know, <laughs> thanks so much for taking okay. a little bit of your Sunday afternoon to talk to us, and uh, you know, good luck as the You're delivery welcome, tour guys. kicks off. Hopefully, you make it in the, back to the states. You know, maybe our friends at Central Media will uh, will hook us up. We'll go back and uh, and say hi. I would love to. I awesome. would love to. All right, Christina. <laughs> All right, thank Christina. you so much, guys. Okay, bye, thank bye. you. Good bye. Night. Good evening. Bye. <laughs> bye. 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 There is the title track from Lacuna Coil's newest one, Delirium. Very cool to uh, finally close the loop there and get somebody from that band on the show. And, of course, be on the lookout for Lacuna Coil coming on tour near you very soon. And, of course, if you're in Europe, sooner than uh, those of us here in North America. Up next, we sit down with guitarist Andrew Whiteman from the band Red Tide Rising. These guys have been around since about 2012. And uh, like I said, Andrew Whiteman on guitar, his brother Matthew on vocals, got uh, Matt Gurren on drums, and Michael LaBoy on the bass. And a few months ago, these guys launched their new EP called Voices. Just a quick five-song EP. Keep them in the public eye. So we got on a call with Andrew a few weeks ago, and uh, as you can tell also in the interview, uh, just kind of a real shitty connection. And whenever that happens, you really lose the rhythm of an interview with somebody, and uh, that was uh, definitely the case here. And I know that uh, 
Andrew had given some feedback back to the PR person about the fact that we didn't talk enough about the new EP. And uh, we apologize for that, but that really wasn't our intent. It's just that with the bad connection, we really kind of lost the rhythm of the interview and didn't tie out everything that we normally would. So again, Red Tide Rising, their brand new one is called Voices Five Song EP. It's almost like getting a bonus track on an EP. And you can find out about these guys at redtiderising.com. You can go right to the bottom of that page and all their links are there for Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all that. But if you're just a Facebook person, you can also hit them up at facebook.com slash redtiderising. So although we didn't get to talk with Andrew in depth about the new EP, I think the uh, best way to uh, kind of rectify that is play you a track off of the new EP and go right into our talk with Andrew Whiteman from Red Tide Rising. On the line tonight, uh, we've got Andrew from Red Tide Rising. Some of you guys may have heard of him. They've been out on a couple of really cool tours. Um, I guess you guys did a really cool tour within this moment, right? Yeah, that was, uh, that was a little while ago. It was yeah. about um, three and a half, four years, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, did that, and it was, uh, it was right before they released Blood. Mm. Um, so we got to, to kind of explode in a way, just uh, in popularity overnight, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, that was a good time to actually be out with them. And, and that was probably, what, your first major that you did? Yeah, yeah, that was the first time that we, we got to, you know, experience working with a band of, of that level. You know, dealing with, like, tour managers, um, their local, their crew, um, you know, everybody that's involved in that camp. Just kind of that first taste to, yeah. to that side of things. It wasn't, you know, like, oh, going down to the local 
theater or whatever playing with all the local band kind of thing so yeah it's pretty cool yeah i mean imagine that's a great first experience because they have you know really strong front woman and you know good production values and all of that for you guys to be exposed mm-hmm. to that right off the bat and like i said around that time when you know a lot more people had really caught on to in this moment i'm sure that got you a, a lot more asses and seats watching you guys too yeah yeah but right after they released the record every show was sold out after that which was really cool yeah yeah um, yes it was really nice that that they as as people are super cool and were awesome to us and treated us really well nice um i would imagine that 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 helped us like down the line how we tour sure we just realized you know how we were treated by them and uh uh, you know, just if, if we had a bad experience, I can imagine that we probably wouldn't be super cool to tour with. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right, though. It's true. I mean, you do. You 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 have bands that, you, that uh, you're on bills with, and yeah, you've got ones that are great, and you kind of like go, I want to be like that band and treat people like that. And then you you work with some people that just they're just such dicks, and it and it ruins like everything for you too. Just trying to you you know that that's just waiting for you every single time you're playing with them. So it's great you had such a good experience within this moment. Yeah, so, so Andrew, when you went out within this moment, um, what was the biggest lesson you learned from that tour, from like, you know, do we have perception and then, and, and then reality that you took from for, with further tours with other bands? Um, I think the biggest thing that we learned was just like, you know, be ready, but be out of the way. Um, was, we, I think it was like the second show that we started loading our stuff up on the, under the stage a little early before their stage manager was ready. And were any of the crowds tough to play in front of, or, or you know, were they pretty easy to win over? They're pretty easy. On the next time run, the the last show was um, the headliner was actually Hatebreed. Oh yeah, I, Jamie, that's Jamie, Jamie Justice band, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of one of Justice bands, <laughs> <laughs> aren't they? Everyone, uh, everyone is in loads of bands now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so ITM gave us a little warning. They're like, "Hey, you know, we've played some shows with Hate before, and we were booed off." And so yeah, we were kind of we went into it a little bit more nervous, but that one ended up uh, not being you know we weren't booed off. Neither was ITM. Everybody had a good time tonight. So um, I always like to talk a little bit about gear. Richie hates talking about gear. I love talking about gear. Um, <laughs> well, he doesn't he doesn't play, and and I'm like a gear whore. So um, all right. So I you know I I went I checked a couple of your videos out as well. I always like to see kind of what you know gear folks are using and stuff and. Uh, Definitely have some uh, some pretty nice guitars. Seems like you're uh, you're more on the Gibson side of the fence. Yeah, no, sir. I'm on all SGs now, all Gibson SGs. Hmm. Um, I used to be on Schecter. Yeah. They're great guitars and all. There's just something about I don't know if it's just how the guitar feels in the hand. It's you know it's a super light guitar. Yeah. Um, but it's it also just goes back to to ACDC and Angus Young. Right. And why I picked up guitar, you know, Angus plays SG, so I want to play SG. Mm-hmm. I have, I, my first SG I got, it's it's about uh, 10 or 11 years old now. And, uh, and I just picked up a new one, so they've, they feel a little different. I haven't broken into the new one quite yet, but they, they both sound incredible. Nice. Now, are you using stock pickups in that, or you swap them out? I'm using stock for the moment. I thought about maybe switching up some Duncans, but it's not on the priority list at the moment. Yeah, Andrew, I'm curious. One of the things in the, on your on your bio on the band's website is um, you started off playing Kiss, ACDC, and Rolling Stones covers. Uh, who got you into those bands? Because like I'm 45 years old. I'm I'm assuming you're a lot younger than I am. 
Yeah, I'm. Uh, that that has to go to my parents. Oh, um, cool. <laughs> yeah, they, they they raised me right. <laughs> and so we, uh, yeah, we, you know, were raised listening to that. Yeah. And uh, there was a, a family in the neighborhood that, you know, we were like in Boy Scouts together. Um, and their their dad was a guitar player, and, and I took lessons from him, and, and his sons took lessons from him, and uh, he made a little cover band, and, you know, since we all grew up on the same music, we were all like, hey, let's just play Kiss and ACDC and Rolling Stones and have fun with it. Yeah, you didn't you didn't do Smoke on the Water, did you? Nope, never did that. Good, good man. You never got kicked out of a record shop then or a music shop? Nope. <laughs> I work at Guitar Center now. <laughs> it's, uh, you don't hear Smoke on the Water, it's Sweet Shadow. Oh, and sweet. it's brutal. Yeah, oh, st- yeah. St- Stairway to Heaven is the other one. Yeah, and you, I mean, you do hear some of the influence, though, I think, on some of the songs when I'm listening to, to the what you're playing and some of the little little riffs or change-ups that you, that you go in there. And so you definitely have, you can tell you've got some some more of a, a classic rock background than some other people do. Yeah, yeah. I always try and keep, um, you know, riffs in mind when I'm playing and, and writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, ACDC, that's all it is, is riffs. And the thing is being my primary influence. It's there's, there's, I always try and write a cool riff and then try and build the song around that. Or if I can't do that right off the bat, you know, maybe see what Matthew does vocally to a song and then maybe try and write something around what he did with that melody and, right. and kind of turn that into a riff. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, very, very riff oriented. Yeah. The other thing I noticed too, that, that kind of, gives me more of a classic rock feel too which is kind of interesting in there is that there's definitely a lot of bright like uh brass work on the drums too where a lot of bands that, that are playing more in your style you don't really hear a lot of that it's more you know on the bass maybe on the toms but there's just there's like a lot more of a of a bright accent on the drums yeah i think a lot of that came across just with the mix on it because um, initially when we recorded it and we were listening to the rest it was pretty dark yeah um, so he, he definitely brightened it up in the mix and really made those symbols pop and, and it was, you know, the, the snare, yeah. especially it's, it's nice and bright, but it's also super deep. Yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah, a lot of that credit is going to have to go to Mr. Jeff Cannon on his mix. Uh, nice. Yeah. Uh, what are you guys doing? Uh, summer tour plans? You got, a, you got stuff all booked in or, uh, you know, what's the, what's the latest on what's going on with the road? Do a U.S. and Canada tour with seven dust mm. and, that's that's the next thing and then that's going to run through mid-august um should get home back to denver about the 22nd or so uh in the meantime just you know working on new songs light show for the tour and then i imagine when we get home it'll be a lot more of the same just working on songs as we get ready for uh whatever the next tour is that's going to show up now do you write a lot on the road or is it pretty much you're just kind of trying to keep it all together on the road and you write more at home uh, it's mostly at home that we write, um, but we definitely find that when we come back home right off of a tour, we have a nice month or two that we're like super inspired to write. Sure. Um, just from you know whatever experiences happened on the road there, or or just anything that we learned from the band. So, you know, this will be our first time touring with Seven Dust, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure as I get to talk with uh, Clint and John about how they play guitar and stuff, I'm you know going to come up with either some inspiration there or just learn some techniques from there that I haven't thought about before. Sure. And Matthew uh, especially gets really intense and, 
and have these crazy lyrical ideas right off of the torch because that's what he basically writes about is just his life with music. So a final question for me, because uh, you've you know you've done a lot of great tours and and uh, been able to work with some great bands and stuff. But any uh, like road horror story, like sh- show that you like can't believe, like I can't believe that crap happened on stage. You know, um, I hate to disappoint, but we actually haven't had anything like that happen yet. Oh, okay. I've had you know a couple of stupid moments before like tour like with some local shows that mm. I've shown up to a, a gig like without my guitars <laughs> and you know stupid stuff like that but we, we haven't had anything knock on wood um, you know crazy or or um, you know show threatening happen on on stage during our set so it's, it's been pretty smooth sailing for that wow that's pretty cool I mean usually even even if you think everything's smooth sailing people talk about like you know, holes in the stage or the one that used to always get me all the time was like bad grounding on microphones. Like I can't tell you how many times that happened to us, <laughs> you know, things like that. You know, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it's, um, it hasn't happened to us. Yeah. A lot of what happened, happened to like in this moment or drowning pool. There was one show that, uh, was a drowning pool show that all of their vocal mics were, um, um, they, they had a grounding issue and they kept getting shocked like really bad. And yeah. CJ like did lip and yeah. stuff. And it ended up being from their drum riser, uh, which is weird. <laughs> and then um, when we were out within this moment, there, there was one date that we actually canceled. Um, we got there and the place had you know um, a lot of sagging points in the stage. Mm. We would walk around and I weighed probably, you know, at that time, 120 pounds or so. And I was making it sink. <laughs> And it's like, there's no way that, you know, yeah. with all their production and stuff that that's going to hold. And then you look up and there's this huge chunk of ceiling that's like, just hanging on by the corner. And it was right above where the drummer would have been. They're like, oh, not happening. Yeah. yeah not even going to bother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I, we uh, really appreciate you taking a little bit of time tonight to, uh, to talk to us here on Focus on Metal. And uh, hopefully when you get some new music out and, uh, Get that, get that put out in people's uh, little metalhead ear holes. We'd uh, love to have you come back on and, uh, and promote it. Thanks for having me on. All right. Have a good one, Andrew. Have a good one, Andrew. Yeah, you as well. There you go, our talk with Andrew Whiteman from Red Tide Rising. And as I mentioned before, you can get a hold of those guys at redtiderising.com or on the always ubiquitous Facebook, facebook.com slash redtiderising. So not sure what is up for next week. I'm thinking that it's probably going to be spinning our interview that we did with Michael Sweet all about his solo album, as well as discussing some gear and the upcoming tours and all kinds of good stuff we had a great talk as usual with michael sweet so i'm thinking that that is probably what is going to be on tap for next week so stay tuned for that one but before we get out of here i just gotta play one more track i know we talked to doug aldrich a few weeks ago talking all about the new dead daisies album make some noise and you know i got the physical product in my hand now for a few weeks been playing it in the car it has been just ingrained in my brain just really catchy hooky songs you know the more i listen to this thing the more i think that this is the album that Aerosmith should have made instead of done with mirrors it just has that cool 
kind of Aerosmith bluesy vibe to the whole damn thing. And that is definitely exemplified by the track I'm going to play that has been stuck in my head. I told uh, Doug on Twitter a few days ago that I cannot get this out of my skull. The song is called Mainline. that track is officially stuck in your skulls as well go ahead try to get it out you can't if you haven't gone and grab yourself your own personal copy of make some noise from the dead daisies i would urge you to do that it is a no ballads experience as doug described it on the show we're not talking about any ballads it is just solid solid straight ahead great rock and roll all the way through good stuff and of course the cover of fortunate son is killer as well and uh, they also throw in a cover of join together at the tail end of it front to back the whole thing pop it in your car crank it up it is a great road trip album and you know dead days are traveling all around the country this summer so be sure to catch those guys they're uh also going right through the fall doing opening gigs for kiss so uh Lots of good chances there to catch all of this great stuff from the Dead Daisies live. And you also get to see Doug play that killer gold top. So anyways, that is it for another week here at Focus on Metal. Hope you enjoyed the show this week as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. And as I mentioned, uh, the uh, plan for next week is to have Michael Sweet on the show talking all about... Uh, everything that's going on in his world and Striper's world. So uh, great talk we had with Michael. So hoping to bring you that next week and uh, I don't know, maybe a bit of discussion or another guest. Who knows? I mean, that's a whole damn seven days away. In fact, I think uh, maybe if we do discussion, it could end up just being discussion of uh, Glenn Hughes, which uh, Richie and I will be attending his show here at the Bull Run in Massachusetts about uh, five hours from now. So I have got to get this puppy wrapped up, mixed down, and good to go. So, as I said, that is it for this week. Stick a fork in it. This one is done. You can keep up with us at FocusOnMetal.net, FocusOnMetal.blogspot.com, on Facebook, on Twitter. You know the deal. So, for Richie, myself, and everybody else here at Focus on Metal, 
Have yourselves a good metal week. And until we talk to you again next week, remember... Focus on metal! Everything else is insignificant. It's over. Go home.